everyone it's rob with four songs happy new year and all that guess what in a few months i'll be nearing my four-year anniversary of doing this podcast i can't believe it either i never thought i'd get past four episodes let alone four years so hey i'm not there yet you never know what can happen but i plan on keeping going and keeping on so stay tuned thank you for listening gonna start off 2024 with a unique episode it's a little different than most i've ever done it's inspiring it's a little sad but at the end of the day i i hope you feel the same way i do and that you realize that the power of music is so strong and can transcend boundaries can transcend borders and lives and just if you do it right music can bring people together and create lasting change my guest for this episode is Hannah Lynch. Hannah is a daughter of Barry Lynch, who is a musician from Northern Ireland that I had on the show in July of 2022. Now, I recount my meeting with Barry in this episode, and also if you go back to the archive, you can learn more about how we met there. I'll just be very brief here and tell you that we met at a bar in Northern Ireland when my wife and I were on vacation about 10 years ago. We stayed in touch, we became email buddies, and finally I got Barry on the show in July of 2022 to talk about an album he had produced that had just come out by a band called the Armagh Rhymers. Again, go check out the interview so you can learn more about the Armagh Rhymers. That's a hell of a story in and of itself. But in this episode, I talked to Hannah because sadly, Barry passed away last summer. Hannah reached out to me to, to inform me about Barry's passing because it turns out that our interview that we did was really important to the family. Now, of course, I do these interviews. I do them in a vacuum. I have no idea what kind of staying power they're going to have. I mean, honestly, I do it for myself. It's really awesome that I get to talk to so many great musicians and it's just a thrill for me to do this. And I hope you get something out of it, but you know, I don't really think about the staying power of these episodes. And this episode, you know, talking to Hannah, it it made me realize just how important sometimes they can be because after Barry's passing, Hannah told me that it was hearing this interview and going back and forth and listening to the life he had and, the joy he took in talking to me and walking us through his artistic journey and, and musical talents. And it brought some joy to them during a really difficult time. So of course I was moved by, by their stories and I, Hannah and I stayed in touch for a couple months and I realized, you know what, Hannah, you should come on the show and we can talk about your dad. We can talk about all he's done because Barry is just an inspiring and powerful person You know, Barry was not the most well-known musician in Ireland. You know, we talk a bit about that. And we certainly lost some giants of Irish music in the last year. We lost Shane. We lost Sinead. But Barry was an unsung hero. Barry did not make a career out of music. However, music was his life. It was the connective tissue through everything he did. As a student, as a teacher, as a father, as a mentor, he taught in a school in Northern Ireland in a divided community. And I'm not going to go into the, the history of Northern Ireland, but let's, let's just let you know that Barry taught during the troubles when the conflict was raging. But Barry, through music, was able to bring people together. He helped solidify the peace process. He helped bring communities together that would not have otherwise talked to each other through music, by concerts, through creating bands and orchestras. And in fact, this effort took him to the White House. It took him to the UN back in the 90s when the peace accords were being signed. It just shows you how important music is. And when you get people together of goodwill and good intent who want to make a difference, music can sometimes be that difference maker. It led to peace and that peace is still holding. And if anything, today with everything going on on in the world, 
maybe there's something we can learn from someone like Barry. And it was just an honor of mine to bring Hannah onto the show to tell Barry's story, to talk about his perseverance, his life, his humor, but most importantly, his music. We talk about an album he produced in 2013 where he sings and plays the instruments in a band called The Monday Men. And I'm not going to go into too much detail here because I've been taking enough time kind of laying at the background and we talk a lot about it in the interview. So with that, I'm honored to welcome Hannah Lynch to Four Songs and to tell the story of an unsung hero who I hope inspires you as he has inspired me. Please welcome Hannah Lynch to Four Songs. Thank you, Hannah, for joining me this afternoon or evening where you are for mm -hmm. talking about your dad, Barry Lynch. It's an honor to have you on as I only met your dad one time in person, but it, it was obviously a kind of a long distance friendship that lasted for about 10 years. So yeah, <laughs> great to, to see you and happy to have you here. No, thank you very much. As I said, it's it's an honor to, to be able to talk about daddy. And um, I suppose that that he made such an impact on on you that you'd even like to do this. It's really very special. So thank you. No, no problem. So I guess, you know, the first question I have is, how are you all? I know it's been a pretty trying year in, in more ways than one. So yeah, it's, I think we're all kind of still taking things day by day. Um, Daddy, unfortunately, it, it was a tragic accident. There was there was no kind of illness leading up to to daddy passing away um and he was performing and playing and the whole thing at my wedding um 16 days before he had his accident so he was on top of the world uh had recently come back from touring um had more tours planned for later this year um that he had had hoped to make so that's I think we're all a little bit still in shock that that just the suddenness of it all. But in some ways, dad was ever the showman, always, you know, leave them wanting more, go out on top. And I think, you know, my mom, my sister and my brother-in-law, my husband, were all very grateful that it is difficult because, I mean, there was just so much love. If that hadn't been there, it would have been easy. So we are very grateful for the hard times too because it meant that the good times were so good so mm. just take it day by day from here yeah going looking back at the happier times when i met your dad it was actually kind of a funny roundabout meeting because my wife and i were in we, we had won this auction like a silent auction to go i've always my mom's side my mom's side is from ireland and mm -hmm. so i've always wanted to go and we won this silent auction trip to stay at a cottage in in moy and I didn't really know where that was or anything. <laughs> but I just knew it was Ireland. And then it, it turned out it was Northern Ireland. But my grandmother, my mom's my mom's grandmother actually was from County Monaghan, which was right on the border. Okay, yeah. And so we were there, I think it was May. And we had been told to go into the auction rooms. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And your dad was holding, he was doing a session with a, probably eight or nine people. And yeah, it was in his element from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, he always was when he was leading the session. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many Americans from Virginia walk into the auction rooms on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but my wife, because I'm kind of a wallflower, my wife kind of pushed me to go talk to your dad. And we ended up talking for like an hour. <laughs> just kind of like we're wondering, like he, he was just as curious what we were doing there as I was just learning more just about the music he was playing. And and he gave me his email address and he we he told me like I remember we were like staying, we went from there to Sligo and 
Oh, told nice. me about all the things we had seen and they were in Galway. So, okay, yeah, you're going to see this, this. And it was just such a friendly, open person. And I'm sure you have tons of stories like that where people just kind of come up to you like, I met your dad once and he's this <laughs> magnetic person. And That was dad. If, if, he, if he got talking to you, I mean, he loved kind of human connection and meeting people. And I think he had a real interest in knowing people's stories. I, I mean, I think a lot of people find it kind of surprising that daddy was actually quite shy and would have described himself as such. Um, and I think he, my mom actually put it in, in the eulogy for my dad as well, that, that he was so shy, but he said that he used to work very hard to overcome it. But I think it was kind of the genuine interest that he had in people that kind of pushed him forward as well to kind of keep engaging and keep learning more and and there is definitely a warmth that you don't meet a whole lot of people who kind of have that same aura around them to just kind of bring people in so yeah since well it, it happened while daddy was alive and it is it has happened since his passing that you know we hear the stories of oh yeah i met your dad wherever or uh daddy was a teacher and they said yeah he even he, not even people who he would have taught um kind of long term or three years through school it's sometimes like yeah your dad was my substitute teacher once and mm -hmm. this is what he said and so it, it's really special as i as i said at the start you know it it makes the loss i think that much harder but mm -hmm. it's also something we're really grateful for because there aren't many characters like him right yeah, and then we bonded over music, obviously, and I'm sure that's probably true of most people. So, but and we we've, we'll talk about the musician side of him. But so he was a t he also he had a full time career though. Yeah, yeah, he was a teacher. So he actually he started playing music when he was at boarding school. So Daddy went up to um, St Magnus's College, Garen Tower. It's on the Antrim coast, not that far from Giants Causeway, sort of that direction. So that's when Daddy started playing guitar just kind of passed the time so he taught himself then he used to when he was in teacher training college was when he got his first band there were four of them kevin o'neill jarlith mcgrath cliff mckenna and dad and then they used to go around the us and and england and um and they would tour and start playing so all the time there was kind of the balance between teaching um which he absolutely loved and then obviously the music as well. And then, um, yeah, after he met my mom and had my sister and I, it was family went into the balance as well. So it was kind of, he always had a lot of interest, but music I think was was definitely a, a core piece for daddy and for kind of who he was. And he always was really encouraging of, of other musicians and, and his students and trying to get people into music. And he always said, you know, if you play music, you can travel the world. You can travel the world for free if you can play music. So he was all about kind of making those connections. And uh, and I remember even I actually went to New York and did my master's there as well, kind of inspired by daddy. Hmm. And we were over um, and we went to an event on it was on genocide and there were some victims of genocide were there. And at the end of it, like they spoke Spanish, we didn't speak any Spanish, but uh, there was kind of all done through interpreters and things. And dad was like, right, Hannah, come on, we're going to go up and do a song at the end. I was like, daddy, what are we doing a song for? And he's like, because music will travel, it'll break the language barrier. Like, come on. What song did you play that night? Uh, we did the parting glass. Oh. We ended the night with the parting glass. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Wow. 
So yeah, I remember your your dad mentioned when we were emailing over the last well, it was yeah, I guess over the last ten years or so when he mentioned he was he'd be in New York to see his daughter, which I I guess was you. And, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, and he actually he even sent me demos from the which I think became the Monday Men album, just on yeah. the demos and yeah, he was always because I could you know I play guitar. I haven't played in years. My wife was always telling me to play the guitar more, and like I'm just not. I'm okay, you know, but I, I mean, I'm not, don't have that skill, I think, that your dad clearly had. But I told him that I had bought a mandolin. He's like, you got to put it somewhere where you can see it. Because yeah. otherwise <laughs> it'll just be in the case. And so I can still see it, but I just don't. As soon as you said, yeah, uh, leave it where you can see it. I just heard daddy because he used to say that to my sister and I too. Um, I mean, we'd sing more than we would play, but daddy was always like don't put the violins in the cases you won't play and keep the fiddle out what are you doing and we were like oh no i'm just putting it away so it doesn't get broken no don't put it out so you can pick it up to play but um yeah my mom was the one a lot of times would have taught us the songs mom wouldn't play but mom always said well someone had to listen because there was enough music in the house with, with daddy and the rest of us anyway so it's an important job too what did he teach uh, Daddy taught English. Then he in Drum Creek College, which was at that time kind of a difficult school to teach in, not because of the school itself, but it was on the Gravahi Road, which you may have heard of during the Troubles. Um, it was quite a contentious area. Um, a lot of kind of sparks of conflict might have happened there. You mentioned the the troubles, and I remember. I don't know if I don't think he mentioned it when I met him in person, but just kind of throughout our years corresponding, he would just kind of throw in these nuggets, like, "Yeah, I was a, I played at the White House, or you know, we played Ireland's yeah. <laughs> Four Courts, which was a bar or restaurant in Washington." And as I live, we live outside of Washington, and so he would tell me how, yeah, he when he was in New York, he'd come down, and but like without any hint of like pretension, it was always just like, "Oh yeah, I played the White House," and they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> I've never been inside the White House, and I'm from this area." Um, yeah, I know that. Yeah, that was with the People of Harmony. So that was a cross community choir that was set up um, between Drum Creek College, Drum Creek High School, uh, Portadown College rather, and then the Salvation Army in Portadown. So they set up this cross community choir, and the choir kind of became, I think, uh, a haven for a lot of people, and and for some people, the first time that they ever met, maybe someone of of the other side of the fence so to speak kind of during the conflicts and then yeah they they were invited to sing in in the white house for president clinton sang in the un this was kind of uh, after and around the time of the good friday agreement they sang st patrick's cathedral they sang kind of all over there were some great um great events came out of that and they also organized a concert which i remember so clearly <laughs> in the Catholic Church in Portadown, which was just across from um, Drum Creek High School. It's at the top of the Cravahi Road while things were still particularly tense. And politicians from kind of across the divide came, like local and national. Peter Mendelssohn was there, um, Lord Trimble, uh, a lot of the big names kind of that you would have heard in the news at the time. James Galway, the the flautist, uh, he was there, Clannad performed. Mm. Um, so it was a really, really big event that that they were able to to kind of pull off at that time, and yeah, I think it it there are still people again who who maybe 
realize that the, that the other isn't so different from themselves. And I think it is kind of that lasting contribution, which is what we need in the North, because in, in any of these conflicts all over the world that are still happening, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of innocent people and you can be told all sorts of stories about what the other side is like, but it's really kind of sitting down and actually getting to know someone on a person to person level, um, which is really important. And I think the the music was a great way to kind of bring people together and, and to be invited to things like the White House and and the UN um, certainly was a, a testament to the work that that was done by by the groups who brought it all together. Wow. Well, so let's talk about the Monday Men. And that was, uh, I guess, album came out in like 2013, I think. But yeah. tell me a little <laughs> about, the, you know, how that, what the, maybe what the name means and just kind of what the band, who was in it outside of your dad. I know you and your sister sang on that as well. But just tell me a little bit about that project in particular and how that came to be. Yeah, so the Monday Men, um album came about because after years of begging daddy to actually record something because he would sing at the house all of the time and we're like daddy come on you have to you have to do the cd so yeah the monday men were kind of people who who went around and and would have done kind of like odd jobs and gathered up work and and things so it just daddy liked the name and and john devlin is um was the other part of the Monday man the other the other gentleman on the um on the CD cover and yeah they used to play in in the Moy started off kind of in Tomney's in the Moy great wee bar and then would have done different gigs together um and then Johnny McGuinness he's in Craig Avon so he's in County Armagh he has a recording studio at the house so he was like yeah Barry let's get this done and uh, Richie Lappin, uh, he's the guitar player. He he would have helped in, in Mogul Studios. They, they were the ones who produced it, Johnny and, and Richie. And yeah, they all would have kind of come together to to put together this. And and they laugh because uh, Daddy was notorious for forgetting words of songs, but he would always be fairly quick in his feet and be able to come up with um, to come up with something fairly quickly. So I know one of the songs that we'll talk about later. The Westmeath Bachelor, that happened on the launch of the album night. Daddy had to think in his feet, and I think there was a little bit of scatting in the middle of it where he was kind of resorted to jazz to try and uh, fill in a few bars. But, yeah, so that was essentially the the, the core of the, the Monday Men group. Yeah, it's not the, the best-known album in the world, but it's one that's certainly very special to us as a family. Yeah, and uh, listening to it again, the first time in a while and i was struck by the how strong and vibrant his voice is and because i you know i've been i when i talked to your dad it was about the Arma rhymers album and there's a lot going on on that album and, and yeah <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't sing as much but i know he plays like every instrument in the world and but <laughs> when i was listening to this one again i was just struck me as my wife and i listened to it last night and like his voice just sounds well maybe i just didn't quite hear it in the Arma Rhymers album, but it just really struck me how strong and vibrant it is. And like, it's all like Claire to hear, which is one, we'll, we'll just start, jump right in. And now I wasn't familiar with this song before I, I heard it on here, but I, I feel like the way he sings a lot of these songs, but this one, he, he's kind of like telling his own story, mm. even though, I mean, it's probably, it's a song a lot of Irish folks can 
relate to or really any any immigrant any kind of that leaving home and but wanting to be back uh what was there what was it that came that struck him about the song what how did it why did it resonate with him Claire here as you say is kind of an, an immigrant song Claire is not close to where we're from <laughs> but it's actually closer to where I'm living now oh. uh, I'm close to Galway so Claire's just kind of the the neighboring county over but this was kind of daddy's big song while he was over in America so when he was a student playing seven nights a week this was kind of the the one he was known for and most often requested and I think it was a really important song for daddy to sing I mean daddy didn't sing rebel songs especially when he was in America which I think a lot of people maybe expected from a musician from Northern Ireland like this is the songs you're kind of going to be listened to especially in an Irish bar but dad obviously he wouldn't sing it because he didn't want a song he sang in a bar in New York to get somebody killed at home mm. so he, he wouldn't do it so a lot of times he would have avoided kind of songs maybe more traditionally associated uh, with the north but I think it is difficult to to leave anywhere to leave home and and while daddy loved New York like dad that's probably why he was so often telling you that he was over visiting me I don't know if it was always uh to actually see me or to see the city there was a special there was a special bond there uh between daddy and, and New York City but I think even with all of that you're still leaving your home you're leaving family you're leaving what you know and I think the reason it, as you say it 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 does sound like daddy's story is because he knows what it is to be away There's four of us who share this room. We work hard for the crack. And rising late on Sundays, sure, I never get to mass. It's a long, You know, even while we were away, my sister, she was in, in Liverpool for five years. So so not very far from home, but still not home all the time. And um, and daddy would have said, you know, even I, I was still at school at, at the time. So I was still living at home and dad would have like missed Jane mm. every day. Like she was gone and, and it was a half hour flight. It wasn't that <laughs> far. But I think it is that, you know, you're away and you're trying to do something to better your life and the life of your family and and your future family but there's always that kind of loss that that comes with it and and a lot of times especially years ago like that that wasn't something it wasn't just hopping on a plane it wasn't something to just rectify easily it was a definite decision that had to be made to to go away and and, and to try and make your mark and for the benefit of of loved ones um and it's obviously still something that happens very much today all over the world you know that's why immigration especially i suppose to, to the land of the free and the land of the opportunity the american dream is still 
very strong for, for so many people. My mother would like a postcard home, but I never feel like writing. It's a long, long way from Claire to here. Such a But the song I remember him doing when we saw him in person was Dimming of the Day, which is the name of the album. And it's also a song here we'll talk about next. And that was the one that I think he played a John Denver song. I mean, he, I don't know. He played for probably two hours that we saw. But the ones I remember were the John Denver song. And Because how many times are you in an Irish pub in New York <laughs> as a Virginian and, and people talking about West Virginia, which used to be part of Virginia, but it's not anymore. But anyway, um, and he played Dimming of the Day, which is another song that's been well-traveled. Mm. Other, a lot of people have done it um but uh, this is a richard and linda thompson song i think right yeah bunny Raitt does a version yeah. as well that, that we would have um played in the house a fair bit yeah yeah well, what do you think drew him to this song so robbie mclean and who used to play with dad a great fiddle player next time you're back you'll you'll have to go down and and hear hear them play as well I, I think Robbie used to always ask for Dimming of the Day. It was, it was one of the favourite ones that he did. And and on the album, he sings it with my sister. And actually, John, who is the other Monday man, mm-hmm. and, uh, and my sister then sang it at, at my dad's funeral. So it was one of the songs that, that was performed that day. And I think it is just... It, it's almost like Robert Frost, like, you know, miles to go before I sleep kind of, reminiscent of that come the night in 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 the, in the dimming of the day that it has and i think it is kind of that i mean you're always kind of going in life and, and trying to think of the next thing but there is kind of the time where for quiet reflection and and i think that that was something that again was important to daddy for that sort of time to think like where you are where you've come from where you're going what's what's coming after and i think the dimming of the day kind of was a nice song to to bring all that together. This old house is falling down around my I'm drowning in a river of my tears When all my will is gone You hold me sway I need you and my sister is a lovely singer she doesn't sing very very often she doesn't really like to perform 
and so that's one of my favorite ones on on the album because I I just I think there's something really special about the harmonies and and the way their voices blend together, which yeah makes it a really special song for me anyway. Again, I think your dad's voice is pretty strong here. And did did he know how good of a voice he had? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> dad, we, we would always say, "Oh, great musician or whatever," and Dad would be like, "No, no, I'm not, and and not a great singer." But it was funny because again, years ago now, when the um, the smoking ban came in in Ireland, when Daddy was younger, he had he had very bad um, bronchitis and asthma and. and would have mentioned, you know, spending Christmases in hospital and things because he oh, wow. just the the air he 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 just couldn't breathe. And I remember when the smoking ban came in, uh, we went to see Dad play some other gig, and the notes Dad could suddenly hit, and he was just it, but and it was incredible. And and it wasn't that he he'd done anything that differently. I think he was just able to to get enough air to kind of expand the range. And we have songs from Daddy that he would have played in his 20s and 30s. And, you know, Dad sounded as good uh, just a couple of weeks before his accident as I think he did back then. But I think, obviously, I'm biased. He is my daddy. But yeah. there's a very um, special quality, I think, to his voice. Yeah. That um, There's like a warmth there. And I think mm -hmm. it is kind of brings in his his attitude to life of like bringing people in and like coming in for the story and, and yeah I, I i don't know if if every singer that that does it uh performs maybe maybe has the same interest or or want for the audience to to really enjoy the music that they're listening to i mean i played with dad before and i mean not every gig is a good gig sometimes you <laughs> really tough gigs and the audience don't care or Hmm. There's something else going on, but that is something that would get to dad. Like he was like, oh, if if something, you know, the audience weren't really engaged, he would take it as, oh, I haven't done enough rather than that's what happens sometimes. Just that's the nature of gigging and the nature of kind of being a performer is hmm. not every performance is going to be your top one. But dad, I think, always had the longing and the, the drive to make the next one the best one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do remember that when we that one time we saw him. He definitely wanted to make sure we were having as much fun as he was. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Does this in the crowd? So um, I appreciate so much your time tonight. We got two more. I wanted to wrap up 
this one is going to be a somber one, a dreadful wind and rain. And it's a traditional, I guess it's this, this, because I know this has been done by a lot of people. It's been around for a long time. It's the murder ballad, I guess. And yeah, what I like about your version, because you're on this tune too, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a beautiful song. And what I like about it is that it's so quiet and it's kind of a slower pace than the ones that I'm familiar with, who, who others who've done this song, where it's just kind of, that always happens too fast. You can't really take it in. And was that your dad's idea to kind of slow it down and, and to make it more sparse or? Yeah, so we, <laughs> we used to have these parties at our house um, that weren't parties. Daddy always <laughs> insisted that it wasn't a party. It was called a non-party. <laughs> so we would have, basically it would be a Friday evening and mom would be like, Barry, we're not having a party at the house tonight like I'm just off the day's work like could we, could we not even do it on a Saturday but dad would be like no no there's there's more musicians out on a Saturday and don't worry it's it's not a party it's a non-party I'll make a big pot of something I mean we're still waiting on the big pot of something that daddy was going to make we're still <laughs> however many years on from that but it became kind of a tradition that would happen in the house and oh god the the spread that mommy would put out all of the food and everything it was for one of these non-parties. Dad would always have Jane and I perform and do something with him. And uh, so this was a song that we were going to do. This, And to be honest, at the time, Jane and I hated it. <laughs> we were like, it's too slow. And why is it? Because, again, we'd heard the versions that were always a lot quicker. And we're like, we're going to put everybody to sleep. Nobody's going to like this song. And Dad was very insistent of, no, this is the way it has to be sung. Any band we listen to like family harmonies. He said, always would say, there's something special about a family harmony. So he's like, I mean, you don't want to just lose the magic of that. We need to slow it down. There were two sisters from County Clare. All the wind and rain. One was dark and the other was fair. Oh, the dreadful So she pushed her into the water to drown all the wind and rain. Yeah, we've been singing that song for prop 20 years. I don't know. Wow. We've been doing it for a long time, the three of us together. But yeah, dad always wanted it as a as a slower version song so that you could actually tell the story. And I yeah. suppose since the album was recorded and probably even around that time. I, I did appreciate it much more that, oh, there is a story and there is a reason that you're going to slow this down because it isn't some happy, jolly yeah. jaunt down to the, the river to see what happens. It is a murder ballad, which obviously Ireland is quite famous for as well. We like <laughs> love songs with death, but it is that sort of storytelling and, and the atmospheric nature when it's a little bit slower. Oh! 
While he might not be here for, uh, well, he's here somewhere. Yeah, While he might not be physically here to to hear me admit it, but you know, Daddy was right about that one. <laughs> <laughs> the the last one I wanted to talk about. It's a, this is a fun one, the Westmeath Westmeath Bachelor, which again I wasn't familiar with the song in, until I, I heard it and did some more research on it. So I know it's written and performed by Joe Dolan, but there's a lot more than that song in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Was yeah. this something he would do live? I mean, with the throwing in Steely Dan and Michael Jackson. I mean, how did that come to be? And yeah, so Dad would do that with a lot of songs, just kind of um, mixing different things, kind of as he was performing it. And I mentioned Johnny and, and Richie uh, earlier, who recorded the album, and I should have mentioned Eamon Lanhan, the drummer, who was uh, was there for the live performance as well when dad forgot some of the words and resorted to kind of a nice jazz interlude as well which which hadn't been in the original mix but yes michael jackson does not and steely dan did not appear in the original version of the song yeah but i think dad did have kind of an ear for for music where he could always hear uh, how other songs could could go together Me bachelor and my age is 63. I don't intend to marry or raise a family. I'm happy and contented to lead a single life, and that's the reason why I don't intend to take a wife. With the red stuff on her fingernails and varnish on her toes, rattle on her old bazooka and whitewash on her nose. She can get a fancy barber to shave her neck and head, and that's why I'm a bachelor and I don't. His dad said, like, if the moment he saw music as like playing a job, that's that's the moment he stopped. He was like, you know, if the, if you can't love music and you don't have kind of that joy when you go out to play, there's no point in doing it. And I think it is because it was such a a key piece of, of his life and and a way of connecting mm -hmm. with other people. That if he stopped enjoying it or it became a job, then I mean, that was when the music would have died for him. It just, it, it wasn't worth it. So I think kind of throwing in all these mixes and in fairness, having the musicians alongside him who were willing to go with the crazy ideas sometimes yeah. definitely helped. And I think kind of brought a kind of fun and, and kind of childlike wonder to the world that, that dad saw and kind of everything. And it was, it's, I, I like that. That song on the album as well because to mm. me like that's just daddy it's just kind of a little bit weird that you would put some of these songs together but yeah. um but i think it makes a good mix and it's fun and and again daddy was serious when he needed to be but most of the time it was onwards and upwards and, and looking on the bright side and, and just trying to squeeze every drop of juice out of life as he would say so i think it is that sort of wonder and joy and and fun that that's 
that made it onto the album there. Should I change this life of ease for one of struggle and strife? And that's another reason why I never took a wife. And that's another reason why I never took a wife. Well, he definitely lived a, lived a great life. And so I wanted to thank you for, for sharing. And this wasn't easy at times, but uh, it's it's um, been a pleasure and an honor to learn more about your dad and to get to meet you. and. What's the best way for people to learn more about your dad? And as I know he's got stuff on Spotify, all, all those outlets. I mean, is there like an archive somewhere or in the place? Yeah, so the Monday Man, it's on Spotify and Apple Music and, and all of that. It's also on YouTube. We also recorded some other songs live at Barry's house, which are on YouTube. About four songs that we did. Again, dad was forever the enthusiasm and, and throwing these ideas in that mommy would then... Daddy was the dreamer. Mommy made the dreams come true. So <laughs> it was set up in our hall and we had a full on camera crew. And Des mm. Henderson, who, da- who was actually one of dad's former students and has gone on to be nominated for all sorts of awards for his camera work and documentaries. And dad managed to rope him in some of his friends to, to record it. So there's, yeah, YouTube and Spotify. And obviously, the RMR Rhymers, they still have their albums to try and daddy's on there. And then in saying that, as I said, look, the session that, that dad led in the Moy, please God, some of your, your listeners will, will make it over to our village sometime. And, and it's been held still since. And in fairness to the, the musicians that play with him, they, they asked us, like, are we happy for, for them to do it? And I mean, I could think of nothing worse than, than letting everything go quiet. Daddy would just have hated that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still running and there, there's a lot of, great music out there the daddy would be pointing you towards as well and yeah it's and if you if in doubt there's a remembering barry lynch page on facebook as well so you can always shoot my sister and my mom and i we kind of have the details there so if you're interested in in learning more or hearing even some of the old stuff from any of the old bands and things so we have the records we have all that stuff so we're always happy to kind of keep the music alive and keep daddy's memory alive and and Whatever we can do to support that, yeah, we'd be happy to do it. Well, I want to thank Hannah again for joining me. That was not an easy conversation to have, but it was an honor to talk to her and learn more about Barry. So please go check him out. Find him on Facebook, Remembering Barry Lynch. You can find The Monday Men on Apple Music and Spotify, and you can find the Armagh Rhymers album at the Armagh Rhymers. So look him up. I think it's armagharymers.co.uk or something like that, but... Do yourself a favor and look it up and remember music can change the world. So thank you for listening and stay tuned.